Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right, welcome everyone. We are in a very special podcast, a live edition with the number one all-time money list, largest score in the history of poker. Bring Kenny, how's it feel? Feels like surreal a bit, I guess. I mean... I would say I had prepared myself better than anyone for this tournament. Like, it's all I thought about for, like, as soon as the tournament was announced. Like, even when there was word that it was possible that it was going to happen, I remember I would go up to Richard and ask him, like, hey, like, so is this tournament going to happen? Like, every chance just to see. So I was so excited just to... Because I, I love Triton anyway. Like before this tournament, I'm pretty sure I'm biggest winner in Triton. Like, the tournaments are the best. Like, have a good time always. When did, so, the, my understanding is that Montenegro, or no, Jeju, one of the two, they were just talking. They threw out the idea. When did you actually get wind that, hey, this might happen? And did you know that when they announced it, were you just in? Or were you kind of, like, good to fight your way? Because some guys, I mean, you so many big names didn't get to play. And yeah. some of those, you know, Helmuth, Ivy, Negranu, Antonio, for I would say like the original big four, Sidels, you know, I, some of them maybe didn't really understand how valuable it was. They didn't try, but when did you know you were definitely playing and when did you hear about it? Yeah, I don't even remember, to be honest, when I heard about it. I guess it must have been in Jeju for the first time and then in Montenegro after it was when I like, was like, oh, come on, like, is it going to happen? I was asking right. Ivan and Richard, like, oh, tell me it's going to happen, please. And I think a few of these guys, actually, I think they could have went and just decided, like, that they didn't really care about it. They didn't want to, like, travel for it. They didn't really realize, like, how special yeah. of a tournament it was going to be. I was talking to Brian Rass. He tweeted something like, man, I wish I had tried hard. I didn't understand. Antonio was sort of, like, on the fence and, you know, just like, I don't know. But, like, really, it's, like, history. This is yeah. In history, you get this opportunity. I mean, I think people also thought maybe it was going to get 20 people or something. The thing right. is, as soon as I knew, as it was announced, and, like, I know, like, Triton guys are going to do it. They're going to put everything into it. I, I Like, my over-under was 50 people off the bat, and wow. it got 54. Like, I knew it was going to be just like the biggest tournament ever by far and like something that's just special like if you're a poker player you have to play and who was your so your partner how did that work how did you get so i mean as soon as it was announced i got so many messages to be honest like about people wanting to take me into the tournament because i think i was just from like the asian businessman's eyes and a few other people's eyes i was like the front runner to like win the tournament did you see the actual odds because i saw some guys like big al got like 130 or to one or something do you know what your odds were the thing is those odds though they're not like real odds anyway because like the thing is i would look at the sheet and see the prices and then i offered to bet myself against tons of people who were over me at no at like even money Mm -hmm. and like couldn't get any of that action so like Kind of it's just like randomly inflated numbers based on what you think people are going to like take type right. of thing. It's not like a realistic betting market because a lot of the guys who are priced over me, like I offered bets versus any pro and there were a few guys priced over me that no one took a single bet on them. So, I mean, maybe I think so people bet on like five different guys or so, like small on two, maybe big on three different guys. Okay. And now, like, still, that's about, like, the action I could get. Maybe if anyone wants to bet against me, it's, like, maybe Sam, Makita, and Stevie. And, like, kind of the action, like, dropped after that. Explain a little bit what cross-booking is and when you do that. And in that actual tournament, so you get the, the score. There's a lot, I mean, honestly, the tournament alone, there's so many interesting parts about how the deal went down, how it, how it's structured. But side betting, is that – I saw you had some action visible. Is it, How does that work? So you're betting – are you is it like, friendly, almost like Joe's Are you guys kind of, like – is it competitive or are you friends with 
those guys? Like, how's no, that work? like it's a bunch of people who have money anyway, so it's just like fun. A lot of people who bet on the thing against me, they were just people who were watching it and wanted to have a rooting interest. Yeah, because no one really sold action in the tournament, so like they said, no one really publicly sold any action. So let's say you're a guy who has like a bit of money and you want to watch the tournament and you want to have some skin in the game. Like, yeah. usually you're in a bet. I didn't really get any action against people in the tournament. It was all like. People like that. And I just started out at first betting. I just thought me and Carrie was the best duo for sure. And like uh, what what the bets were were like must cash last longer is pretty much. Okay. So like I think Carrie is like one of the best in the field in the last longer. And I think I wind up at the end of a tournament like a high percentage of the time too. Right. And then win a lot also. So like I wind up being very – one guy who cashes a lot and then one guy who closes and cashes a decent amount. I just thought we were the best duo by far. Yeah. So, like, I just wanted to bet us. And then, you know, to be honest, I just wanted to kind of get into people's heads, too. I knew I wasn't really going to get so much action when I offered me versus other pros in, like, a one-on-one, -on -one, uh, like, must-cash last longer. But the thing is, I wanted to get in everybody's head. It's also like, it's scary, too, right? The million pounds. If you're cross-booking stuff, it's, it's like – it's like a real sweat. It's one thing in a 25k or 50k you could get a little you could get a little touch, but this is like you could you could genuinely mess someone up here. Oh yeah, I could have gotten hit in the head hard because yeah. I mean pretty much every piece of action I had was on myself in this tournament. Right. So like if I just bust first and then a few of the pros cash that I have the last longers in, like not only do I lose the big piece I had of myself, but get now crushed in like the bets. When, when you talk about big piece yourself, this is something I think this is a, almost a overdone now because of some of the talks people say oh the pros never have more than five percent ten percent without going into specifics you know you and i spoke a bit about this it's safe to say out of the pros you had the largest piece out of anyone you know yeah i mean i for sure had like double the largest piece of any of the pros that i know and like i'm probably also i had less money than all the pros like going into the tournament right. and then made a bunch of like side bets also so like the thing is i risked a huge percent of my net worth on this tournament just because i just you know i just thought it was mine i called my shot That's like sick. half pros half vips i just thought three-day tournament like perfect tournament for me i just felt like uh like the last 15 years of my poker career like kind of set me up like to be ready for this and like to win it that's just and that's what happened during the tournament was there what was the low point you started the million chips was there ever were you ever up against it were you in good form did you feel the whole time just like this was going to be yours or was there was there some dicey moments? I, I was like really grinding like the whole time actually i never really had any chips i think i chipped up to like maybe 1.8 or maybe like 2.2 million pretty like steadily not early just when that was about average then i remember i lost a few pots got i think my low point was about 700k or something but even when actually my low point 700k i think that was when there were 20 people left or something so kind of i was just grinding the whole tournament when there were when we made the money i was either last in chips or second to last in chips like uh, never doubled up I'm pretty sure in the tournament before we hit the money one, as soon as we hit the money I doubled one hand like a uh, coin flip ace 10 versus threes but I mean I pretty much just like grinded and like kind of just wanted to give myself a chance of the tournament and just like for me I feel like the most important thing is just to still be in there it doesn't matter how many chips you have right like for me i think i'm very dangerous even if i'm sitting there with eight blinds because all of a sudden you get a few hands like all of a sudden you're sitting with there were 30 blinds and if you have the mentality where you can change your game like very well and adjust very well you can do it faster than people expect and you can go from playing solid with a short stack to now aggressive to solid to like yeah you can really start like kind of tricking 
between people and starts getting to be a mind game when you're kind of swinging around stacks. And, and you got to have a lot of experience. These, these field sizes, high rollers, 25Ks, 100Ks, you've played how you know as many as anybody. You're yeah. in there with all these guys. So you have, you know how when it's down, you're short on the bubble. You know all the, the different stages and feelings of a tournament. When you're in for a flip, talk to me about how you feel because I want to talk about the Stevie hand as well. Um, you know, there was big implications at that final table. Three players then had a chance. You, Dan Smith, and Stevie, you guys were four-handed in the number one all-time spot, which is, there's rare to get these kind That's of insane. huge scores was there. And it's like, talk to me about, were you, was that on your mind? How did that go, the, the Stevie hand in particular, which was pretty crazy. Yeah. Talk to us about that shove and kind of, Stevie, a great player. Yeah, you know, maybe course. that was a, a strange spot on characteristic, maybe. Yeah, of course, Steve, Stevie's one of the best, for sure. Yeah. Like, And I mean, so like I was, I had a grinding stack pretty much the whole tournament, like thirty to forty blinds. And like I'm, I'm honestly very, very comfortable with thirty to forty blinds. Like getting some like light three bets through sometimes, just like kind of surviving and yeah. just keep staying afloat. Like if you're getting no cards and not really taking high risks. So I was kind of just comfortable, like in there thirty, forty blinds, chilling. And then all of a sudden we get forehanded, and I start winning big pots, knocking people out. We're sitting there forehanded. I've got half the chips in play. Yeah, and you got aces a couple tiny times, yeah. knocked out, got in good spots. Yeah, two aces, knocked out guys. Like then just was sitting there with so many chips and. I mean, I did such a good job to tell myself that there was like another tournament, but then at the same time, you're sitting there with half the chips, four left. And I was like, okay, I had to get up and tell myself, okay, just like breathe. You have to forget about this. Like right. you have to forget about this. Like, I know it's like the biggest spot, like maybe you'll ever be in, like, yeah. but you have to just imagine like it's a normal day and just play your, game. Play no your best, exactly. Your stack, no pressure, have a good time, exactly. Right. And that's like the Stevie had, like in this spot, like, Stevie can't really call with anything when he he's second of four and he had a pretty nice margin on the other two guys too he, I think he had double Dan and like one and a half times Aaron so that's not like a slight second like that's a nice second even though I have a lot more than him that's still a, like a solid second so, place so how many blinds did he have in the open sevens um, roughly like because you jam King Jack on it from the big blind I believe what do you have 30 I think he had 30 blinds around or something okay so he had like 30 about right? yeah, maybe, there was maybe a little less 25, 27. Yeah, and then maybe there's a 10 line and 15. Yeah, maybe like 25, like maybe seems right. So when you jam King Jack off there, you're targeting, you just know he's, he literally has to have like 10s plus, like Ace King, and he's, he, or in your mind, that's what it would happen. Hand up on the side, you were surprised when he called there? I mean, I mean, I never like checked the math, so I wouldn't really know, like I would never know. Like, that's the oh, next time. Like, we're going to talk GTO and all this stuff. It's like, it's like 10s plus, like when the guys who check the math, like say like you need at least 10s, and 10s is a slight like winner, like an Ace King suited. For me, like I would just even think to fold Ace King suited maybe even like 10 so that's the thing like Stevie's an aggressive player like he's smart also but at the same time he's an aggressive player so he'll open in spots where other guys aren't opening like where it's two, where they're two out of four here a lot of people in Stevie's seat here are just going to play so snug and try to wait that hand or fold yeah yeah some guys will even maybe fold but yeah like limp or fold but no even hands like Stevie I'll put on a guy who would raise hands like seven eight suited sometimes here too where like other guys like wouldn't kind of knowing that I'm going to put max bubble pressure like Stevie isn't really afraid of that he'll just yeah. like he'll still just like do it so, so King Jack off you jam I mean it's sort of the perfect hand in this spot to do it right yeah. it's like you're just 
You know we're going to get a lot of folds. He calls, you see sevens and that. I mean, that's like, what's going through your mind? Biggest equity. I don't even If you do the equity chip and what that really is worth in real money dollars, that flip, it's just massive. What was what we're going through? I don't, it, yeah, the flip, the pot must have been worth like seven mil like pounds or something. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Maybe a little less, maybe like five million pounds or something, but like a ton. I mean, I couldn't believe it when I saw him flip over sevens. Like... I thought yeah, that you called your probably dick up your. I thought he had to no. I mean, no. I thought he had to have like nines or. I thought he would have called with queens like yeah. faster. Maybe even Ace King. I think he would hit him at least would have called yeah. faster. Like even Jack. So like once he started tanking, I thought we were just going to be flipping for sure. Right. I was kind of. I was pretty sure like it was exactly nines. Right. I was like, okay, it must be nines. Yeah. Then once he started using like more banks, because I thought, I thought he honestly, I just thought he would have folded sevens like quicker, even eights like quicker, and then like maybe once he called, I was just sure he was about to flip over nines, and we were just going to flip for the tournament. Right. So you he calls, you win the flip, you, you basically have overall it's just based on that game over, but you've got a huge lead, you're cruising. And you get a heads up. Tell, tell me about the deal because Aaron Zhang is a cash game player more. I think he had total lifetime earnings under a million. I mean, he doesn't play a lot of tournaments. At that stakes, those levels, at what point are you just making a deal and never making a deal? Or, you know, it's nice to get the number one all time score locked up. Was that part of the cross your mind? Get a 20 mil score, variance, things happen. Heads up. How, what happened there? To be honest, I don't even like think about that because I don't really think about the money either. Like, I just try to have like a good time and always be like very friendly. So, like, Triton does like a great job. We're playing for a lot anyway. So, I mean, it's happened before where I've gotten heads up with like someone that another pro wouldn't make a deal with and like I've made a deal. Like yeah. other people try to look to get like maximum edge they want. I'd rather like have people have a good time playing with me. If they're like heads up, they're yeah. playing for a million dollar tournament. We like already cash for this and they want to like chop up this and play for a little bit. Yeah. Of course, I'm just not going to say no or try what to get was, like anything extra. What was that? that that's uh, what was the actual you played for? I think it was what I think. I think you had to, we had to play for 1.1 million as like whatever percent that was of the prize pool. And as it stood though, 20 million and change locked up, which makes it the number one all-time score. You, you knew heads up, you had the, even no matter what heads up, you had the number one all-time moneyless spot. What, what was that like? To, when, the, when Dan Smith went out, when it was sort of over at that point, did it, did it like, were you just kind of, this is like, this is crazy? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like just once I got heads up and we stood up and he said, do you want to just chop it up? I kind of just started breathing. I went over to the rail, like told my mom, like, wow, like number one all time like now how was that to have your mom fly in so she came from where to new york yeah so it was part of, yeah she just like uh when the day ended i think she hopped on a flight three hours after got in the morning of the final table like i mean she's huge support i can't say number one supporter because my grandma actually is my number okay. one supporter like even my mom says like my mom's huge supporter for anyone else she would be their number one supporter for sure right like my mom loves me more than anything like does anything for me like the best mom but my grandma like she sits and watches it all day every day oh, like awesome. wears poker like jackets and stuff talks about it all the time likes to gamble herself so let's say i'm even playing some like 5k main event somewhere she'll just be refreshing updates even that's awesome like maybe she'll get no update of me for hours she'll just sit there still and refresh updates she, and she plays and stuff like she's got her she, no she plays like rummy and okay. like she likes scrabble and that's rummy cool and like some poker games too tell her grandson made the number one all time like she's got to be over the moon so yeah, that, right. that's awesome your mom comes you hit the score you get the money you go party i said there's a like thirty thousand pound uh, <laughs> bottles you're giving out to the dealers like, what was that about no no no. i mean i just like put it on the rail and anyone oh, who, like of my, of my like friends whoever wanted yeah. it like my friends to drink it anyone who went over and wanted to have some like there was a bit uh, left in the first bottle. I left it for like the guys at Triton. That's told awesome. them like enjoy some of this. That's fun, man. Like went back to uh, my friend's place and uh, just.
just like drank another one of the bottles, still have like the third of the three bottles. That's that's crazy. So, all right, we get this going. I want to go, we're going to look through your hand and mob, uh, res- the whole kind of the, the storyline on it. There's so many questions, Instagram, Twitter, we're going to try to get to. Bryn has something later today, so we, we may have to do a, like a, a future, another podcast, but we'll answer questions. We're going to go through, and I want to talk about your career. Before we look at your hand and mob, which is um, obviously it's long, it's a long, a lot of years of playing. Tell me about the initial start and was it was there resistance this is always interesting to me to see was it was your parent you know was it she behind it was yeah. it like i don't know obviously as things sort of progress it gets easier but what was like college like i think you dropped out or you went in for a week or two or something yeah so Talk like about the start so when? i mean i played magic the gathering first and like uh what happened is is people just uh started playing poker pretty much when dave williams got second in the main event like all the magic players were like, oh man, I guess we gotta play poker instead. And I had already started playing a little bit, like with friends in my backyard. And by the time I was 17, I just, I started playing on like my mom's on poker stars or grandpa's and, and then, uh, you know, just was hooked. Like all, the, all day, every day, just played online. Like, yeah, first my mom actually, my mom and my girlfriend in high school, so I was 17 at the time. You used her name, right? I think I read that somewhere. Robin was her name. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, they thought like, uh, they were going to church and stuff, so they thought gambling was evil, and I guess people around were saying that. So my mom was actually saying that I had to go to Gamblers Anonymous. And my dad would just tell her like, hey look, like, he's just gambling on the computer, it's much better than like going out and doing what the kids do usually at like 17 right. years old. Yeah, it's not the like, worst thing. Hey, would you rather him like do this or go be out on like the streets drinking and like doing drugs, whatever, like I right. think it's pretty good, don't worry, we'll get over it. And then, you know, as soon as I start winning, my mom comes to like Barcelona and stuff, starts coming on trips, of course, like it's a different thing. At least, I mean, she knows me anyway, so it's different, maybe at like first, she was just worried about that, but she's always trusted me 100%. And even when things go bad, she's like the person who I could always call and talk to about anything. And she'll just be like the rock and listen, like non-judgmental, which I think is super important also like in life, just have someone that you can vent to about things. For sure. Like when things are going bad, just have someone who will listen to you. That's, that's it's key. Because if, if you're getting resistance from family and you're, you're getting your ear and you're not feeling supportive, it's, it's hard. So that's great. And it was cool to see your mom there. She could see how happy she was. She just seemed really, really like, you know, she was just zen. It was awesome. It was yeah, really she nice was just see. smiling so big every time I looked over and saw her. It was yeah, amazing. It was good energy. Let's uh, let's look here back. It's a very similar. You're, I think I saw November 1, 86, you were born. Yeah. I'm September 5th, 86. So around oh. the same time, we got in and I'm looking here on your hen and mob do you remember this so the first ever tournament you play this is 2007 at turning eight. stone turning stone you get a second place in a thousand dollar do you remember this yeah of course was this a did, had you already had your online kind of role and been playing or was this sort of like you were just getting involved? i mean well i mean uh, you never really know because i had some like on, I, I had so many like online like roles even at 18 i turned like no money into like two hundred fifty thousand playing like limit hold them heads up only and then like lost it all also that year and like played so many different variations of games and like spun it up lost it all and just like crazy so, so you're, not, you're not one of the guys that just see 50 once and they went to the movie like you've had you've, you've done the the up and down and gone broke and oh yeah like so i mean so many times like i've went like from millionaire to negative millionaire for sure more wow. than like anyone else has in the poker world which i think has just been able to get me to the zen point where like i can just accept everything like be where i'm at and like the rest just doesn't matter I've always just trained myself that 
the past just doesn't matter. Like you can learn from it, but there's no point to be hard on yourself for the past because it's just over. You can't change anything, and being hard on yourself is just going to create negativity and just help you in no way. Absolutely, and we're looking looking here. I mean, this is this is going to be. I don't. We can't really go through it all, but just sort of. Uh, it's actually it's really insane. What, what would you say was the turning point for being a live uh, tournament player in particular? You, I know you play online, the GG a lot, and you rep. Like, what, was there a moment? Was there one of these tournaments that really propelled you? Because I see you're now playing. You get a two fifty five k score, pretty deep in the main event. That's got a that's fun. So three four tables left. That was, yeah, that was a sick summer. I mean, I, I was chip leader in the twenty five k six max with like eighteen people left with like a huge stack and just lost a few all ins in a row just to bust an eighth, which was such a letdown and then go from that to playing in the main event like make such a run actually I wasn't all in for all my chips until I busted in 28th place I pretty much had like a big stack the whole tournament I mean for sure it was one of the best performances I ever put on like in my poker career and even like that year if you look at like all the runs I had like deep in the WSOP Europe main event I lost Kings versus Ace 9 off versus Ivy for chip lead with like 28 people left which one was that? Like uh, right, uh, right here. Okay. Then like this, uh, like the five k main event in oh, Barcelona, thirty two. Like in the ten k, I lost aces versus uh, queen, aces versus queens, and ace queen off for chip lead in that big ten k right there. Shit. Like I was literally, I was deep in the W coop main event that year. I got maybe fifteenth place or something. You're just knocking your like, ready and it just wouldn't. I was, yeah, I, I was there every single tournament. And and so I see. Then you're hundred. This is your first big. Well, maybe you played one before, but 100K, you get third. What was that like? Was that was that when you started getting in the high roller scene? Or? Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, I think that was when they did the first, like, real high roller event, like 100K event. They did it in PCA. If that's my first cash. Yeah, for, I think it's your first 100 big cash for 100K. Yeah, so that's the first year they ran it then in 2011 because I played the first year that they ran the 100K in PCA. Yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah, I just always, like, enjoyed playing the highest stakes versus the people who thought that they were the best in the world or versus also the people who were the best in the world right i just always had the most fun like competing that's what i enjoy about poker is competing versus the best and challenging yourself to like to be your best to be your sharpest to always be on all the time like it's a complete like mind war like is the way i see it so right it keeps you sharp right it's again you're always it's evolving the game changes uh i definitely want to talk about gto now you had some pretty you know i always say the cards don't matter which is really cool because it really a lot of spots it doesn't and i think that's something that even knowing that most people aren't able to really utilize that and really go for it in spots where they're just like you know what so that that uh before we go back and look more on your career talk to me a little about what that means that you're talking liberty was really interesting how you right before the round table almost on stage just kind of saying like i don't you know f gto i don't do this stuff i don't use po solvers and all this stuff but i know I, it's not like you're just lazy and i, I think that's important to clear up yeah you're not saying i'm just not working on my game you're just you're watching the streams you're looking at guys you're remember you have, tells, yeah, yeah. You have notes. every player you know like you said stevie you know like he's seven eight suited opening there but maybe dan smith you might not jam king jack off just for example yeah that's yeah, yeah exactly like even though spot like you, you know what exactly so it's all are. about like adjusting your range right. i mean the thing is i think i got like i said in the live interview also like the thing is I don't talk poker with anybody so all these guys they're studying like these things these theories these ideas of how they should play okay so if I know who's friends with each other I know what they're talking about and I get to study like 10 different people at the same time when they get one tenth of the hands versus me I think it all comes down to like hands kind of and I just have I've been just blessed with an incredible memory so I mean I could think back to tournaments and 
I could recite of that like 25k no limit in 2010. I could tell you like a few hands I played against like Justin Bonomo like in the beginning of day two, right. when like me and him had like one of the best wars in that tournament of like of any tournament right. I ever had. I did read something that your mother got you baseball cards or trading cards when you were a kid. And you could remember like as you were super young, like literally ridiculously young, you would memorize like 60 player names and stats and stuff. So yeah, I mean, I think like I think they might have like I think someone maybe exaggerated the thing where I knew like stats yeah. and stuff. But I mean, my mom and dad say for sure like it was 50 to 75 cards. And before I could read, I knew names and positions at least, which I mean, anyway, it just, I mean, maybe, maybe I was born with a sick memory also, but also maybe that trained my memory from like a young age too, just, and honed my skills to make like the memory I have now, which I, yeah, it's crazy. I can think if someone tells me something, I could think about it and I could see not even just a picture. I could see like a video of it in my head, kind of, I could see the people moving. I could see a reenactment of like the scene. It's like, I see a movie in my head. That sounds like a a photographic memory. Yeah. More so videographic. Yeah. Special, something special. Something's going on up there. Well, so through the career you go through here and then when did you, when were you like, when do you feel like it really took over? Because you have another big... At PCA, I remember you having a few huge years, like winning events. I mean, I had like so many crazy ups and downs too, because I think it was in even... Two, before that 2010, I had already went on a run on Full Tilt Poker where I turned like 50K on Full Tilt and Poker Stars into like 3.5 million in two months playing Heads Up Omaha when I never played Omaha before. Wow. Like I never played a hand of Omaha. I hopped into 2550 Omaha one day and two months later I was winning 3.5 million in Omaha. Never discussed a hand with anybody. <laughs> just like sat there and kind of got like a feel for it. By the end I was playing 500,000 versus like Ivy and PLO and I think maybe I was one of the biggest winners against him. I remember I I beat him for maybe like seven or eight hundred k. Right. Like then just like kind of started being stupid, staking too many people, like spending too much. So like that three point five, I didn't even lose myself. Maybe I lost like five hundred myself. So like the thing is that's always saved me is my poker career. Like my graph is just straight up. Like right. even when I say I've had like these million dollar downswings and being negative, a lot of that you could account for just like spending, staking, sports, like stupid things like on the side. Like you still do you do you, so sports you reference? You still like do you like to bet? You're a big sports fan, New York guy, and you love who's your teams and, and do you still do you dabble? Is it only like big games or do you like to yeah, play sometimes? No, like, no, no. I just I kind of make it sure that it's just like Super Bowl type of thing yeah, now. Special like, I just just there's like no point game. even. It's just like the business is horrible no matter like what side of the business like you're in. So, I mean, it's just I try to save like my energy best I can. You know, sometimes you get like stuck in businesses when people try to people explain something to you and kind of like the way that it really isn't even Mm -hmm. and just like kind of try to suck you in. And I think maybe some people thought that because I would believe like a story, it makes me like dumb for some sense or so. But the thing is, just because I'm like, uh, <coughs> you believe in people. Exactly. Yeah. Because I believe in people, it doesn't really mean anything. But then at the same time, once I realized like someone was trying to take advantage, that's also just going to get you cut for life right. also. Yeah. Like the thing is, I'm so easy where something that happens in the past, I forget about it and move on. I don't care anymore. I don't care if someone scammed me for millions for like whatever it was like, Hey bud, like have a nice life. I don't care to talk about you like ever again. Right. Like just move on, focus on what I can focus on. Right. And you're learning experiences that happens. I think everyone in poker at some point has had, there's been money, whether you've lent money or something, you know, things happen and it's about learning and progressing. And it sounds like you've, 
you've been through a lot of lessons and exactly you've I've just, on yourself right I've just been like the one who's the biggest so since everybody's like done like a bit of it I've just done more than like everybody else because I was like the kid who just always had money always won like right. and always like splashed always spent would stake people like didn't really, like yeah. you know don't really like give action. a fuck like that's like, like action you're having fun yeah yeah that's, exactly do you feel within the poker high stakes community let's say the top 10 20 players in the world I mean you know, it's pretty obvious you can go to GPI and look at them and most it's synonymous what people agree how do you feel do you feel with inside the pros because it's hard to argue if you're looking from the outside if you're at home you're watching bring Kenny 10 million lead now Justin Bottom I scored yesterday 7 million in a short deck of value you have a 7 million lead roughly on number one you get the spot would you say within those peers they would say you, want, you are the best or one of the best or do you feel that maybe because you're more G, not GTO, more feel street poker, if you will, like you say, and feel, do you feel like they don't respect that as much or, or what? I mean, I think that everybody who's a winner at like the highest stakes at least has some respect for me no matter what. Even if they think that I play some guessing game that they imagine that I don't have a strategy or something, I think yeah. a lot of people really don't even think I have a strategy. Like they just think that they're smarter than me because maybe I'm doing something that loses like half a big blind or something. And because all these guys, like they think that they're smarter and they're all part of like a clique, they never, they'll never want to like admit that like someone else is the best. But the thing is no problem. Everyone can keep saying that like Stevie or whoever's the best, but like I offered to someone else, like for anyone, why don't you go look at like all the coverage like that there is of me, of Stevie, of anybody else. And I'd love to bet anybody that someone will say that just based on looking at the coverage that I'm the best poker player in the world. I mean, I have no big blowups really in big tournaments. Like I play like a pretty strong game. I've heard almost every win. Hey, you played a flawless day. Like how many times do you really hear like someone played a flawless day? Like when people like can see the cards, it's so hard to play a flawless day. I've came back from so many like nine of nine and 13 out of 13 stacks and kind of just fought from like the bottom where there's like other guys who win but they win when they're like chip leader stack and aren't such good like grinders like I mean other people could say different but whatever I mean honestly like I do think that for sure I'm the best I think I make the best decisions like the best like close game time decisions like based on the way the other person plays maybe these guys they understand math more and what like something is but the thing is the math based on that only matters if their range is what you think your range is so like sure when you guys are studying you guys are playing great against each other of course you guys are playing very tough making good calls against each other but what about against other guys who ranges are like completely off so (coughs) you'll see guys make like calls that they say like oh I have to call or this is like top of my range here versus guys in spots where like I've never seen them show up with a single bluff before in my life right so like that's the thing I mean I'm like analyzing like hands and boards and what people are doing and the thing is I'm not going to imagine that someone's trying to make some like huge bluff right now that they've never done in the past like 13 years right. they're probably just doing the same thing that they've been doing so I mean to say that oh you have to call with something I feel like I imagine poker more of like a flow type of thing like Like people play like different and different times and like people are people play different too when they're confident when they're unconfident yeah like one thing that i always thought about that i didn't think other people didn't let's say you walk into a high roller tournament and you see that someone's been losing you see it on their face they're just down like this is someone that you go after like in the tournament they're not feeling good they might make like stupid loose calls like careless like they're just not in the right frame of mind to battle like on the highest level but then at the same time let's say guys feeling like 
feeling real good, winning. Like you just don't really want to like push pots against these people. You exactly. You should, poker's like a game of maneuvering. I feel like like much more than it's a game of math. Poker's a game of making like good decisions over and over again with like the information that you have and that's that's really well said. i think that's something that is out of touch and people don't really understand and at the highest level when you are playing the world beaters on a given day your preparation your mindset your 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 routine how your how your energy is that it does matter because at some level there's not a ton to give you know plus in the end it just really matters if like you just can look at someone and just say hey is this guy going to make a hero fold against me or not right the hand the hand i think the pivotal hand of that final table is against uh wild bill you know i had a Nice. I was on the rail sweating. Good Sean from oh, the King like a, Seven. Yeah. He let out on a turn. It was kind of bizarre. Yeah. And then you just like attacked him. When you King Seven of Diamonds, you bet the flop. You had a good backdoor draws. Yeah. Turn. And he's just gonna like check fold the flop here too. So like yeah. I got a like small C bet the flop here. Like he's short in the big blind. He's not gonna really hit the nine three four like rainbow flop right. so often. Right. And then the turn was a diamond. Um, paired the it paired, paired the, the three. The, right. Yeah. The three. Or the three, four. No, the three, because he had ace four. Yeah, pair so, of three. And he led and he ripped it on. Like, what? What? Because, I mean, if he, that was an important pot. If he calls you there if somehow and you lose, like, you're, you're in, your stack is in big trouble there. So that the, was, thing, the thing is, though, he was playing, like, very solid, and I just thought he would even fold, like, nine. a nine here. Yeah. yeah so that's a like big. And I just thought that he would never lead out with a three. Like, why lead out with right. a three? Your hand is so strong. Why don't you, like, let me bluff? Right. Like, check call twice with a three. Like, leading out looks like either he's got a straight draw. And he's trying to like the signal is how Bill was playing. He may have actually done that, but but Maybe. I but it, but it was great. But no, he has more fours and more straight fours, draws and probably, and the pot control. is big too. Like the pot is worth yeah. the, the pot's like a little less than what the shove is too. And that's to me that's like that's the point though. You're you're opening king seven suited, yeah, in a big spot like with in a in a you know you just those kind of hands like those are little things. Yeah, that maybe most. Yeah. For sure, like the difference of winning that hand and losing that hand, because that starts letting you open more hands and feeling just better and more comfortable. Yeah, and people see the king seven suit now. You get when you get aces, guys are jamming on you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like, it's oh. all about like trying to use like your perceived image is the thing. Well, give, give me a little look in your your routine leading up to just in general on a daily. Are you a guy? Are you there on time on tournaments? Does it depend on the buy-in or, or the situation? Or would you rather sleep in and be rested versus start at time? Yeah, I'd rather sleep in and be rested if like that's what I need is the thing. Okay. I always just kind of want to go when I feel like going is the most important thing. But I think it's a, even since you said routine, it's not even this question, but <coughs> my routine, like for this million dollar tournament, like I really planned, I planned like three months for like what I would do like just to prepare for this tournament. Like uh, I went to Vegas and played just one tournament. I, I forget. It was either – it was a 50K, like first okay. event during the summer. Yeah, let's look through your – And then like right after that, I decided like, okay, I, I want to take some like time off, get my mind good. I took a, th a two-and-a-half-week road trip like in California. It was the first time I did it, like San Diego to Napa Valley. Like I did a few days in San Diego, a few days in L.A., a uh, few days in Big Sur, a few days in San Fran, a few days in Calistoga, like – did, uh, went to the NBA Finals Game Six, which is like last game that'll ever happen in Oracle Arena. Like unbelievable again. So you're looking for experiences. Yeah, like I flew my mom in too to see that game and to eat a French Laundry. So like when I was looking at the game, actually, I heard about French Laundry. So I go to the website 
and I see, okay, the only availability they have is for six people. And I, it was only me and my girlfriend, so we only had two people. Right. But I was like, I don't really care about that. Like, I'm just going to book it you now, pay go. for And it's like pay all in advance, too. So you're paying for like all six seats yeah. right now. Yeah. I was like, oh, whatever. I'll make it happen. If I don't make it happen, I want to eat there anyway. Mission three, yeah, and my mom, actually, she always talked about the place since I was younger. So I said, oh, okay, so I'm going to have to bring her out for like French laundry and the yeah, basketball those, game. Those, uh, things like no Perkins writes about he's got a book on die with zero it's like yeah this poker tournament yeah I love that I've, I mean I've said that before I've never talked to anyone about yeah. it before but for sure like that's like a, I love like Bill's attitude and his yeah. thought of like giving back for sure because I have like really a lot of similar ideas and I've said that to other people too like my goal is to become a billionaire and die with zero of course it's and do great, like a cool title and right? do it's like a, cool a lot of and do a lot of things that just like have a good lasting impact on the world that's what I'm saying you're gonna remember that moment your mom forever like those yeah. are things like those are experiences exactly experiences are, so, are, are really what's important it. and in uh, Tokyo as well you love to go to Tokyo yeah. I, I, I still not been I'm, that's on top of this I'm Getting ready to run over there. Um, when you go, you have to tell me. I will. I'll just like, I'll book all the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you have to book a bit in advance, and I'll just. My wife's Brazilian. We actually flew to London, connected to go to Tokyo, and then we there was a mishap, and we didn't know she needed a. We actually were oh, on the flight and going to, for Tokyo or something. Yeah, and we didn't somehow we just didn't think of it. Getting and going and whatever. <laughs> well, we're, going, we're gonna be going. So I, I will the city up. you gotta go to. What, what is what's the, you just love the sushi? I see you always I love the, yeah, Instagram no, the food great. even. It's not just like the sushi, it's like the pizza, the Italian like pizza in Tokyo. Oh yeah. Oh, like it, it's like qualifier for best in the world, and I'm from New York. Like I say, Shit. even like I've had it all. Like I think New York pizza is better than like Napoli and like Italian pizza. I just like it more, like the way the crust is. Like, it's like looking at but then at the like same time, food. I like like uh, Japan. I might think that their pizza is actually number one because they do it like a Napoli style in the best places. They bring in like the hundred thousand dollar ovens, and what they do is they make a bit of a crispy bottom like New York. So it's a mix of like New York and Italian pizza. That's that's amazing. I didn't. I've never heard that. Yeah. I've never heard anyone. Oh, so that. actually, an uh, interesting fact is, the uh, Japan is the only country in the world that the Italian national soccer team doesn't bring their own uh, like pro food to. Wait, Italy. Like the Italian national soccer team, they bring their own like food everywhere they go in the world, except for Japan. Huh. So like pretty much Italians who are the most like the most proud people about food even admit that the food is better in Japan. Okay, I didn't know that. This is this is very interesting. I like that. Um, they have everything too, like onsen. Also, you go to an onsen in the mountains, like natural spring bath for two, three days. It feels it's like going to a spa for a week. Like they say that the powder there. I've never been snowboarding. I'm going to go this year, but they say the powder there is the best in the world. I've heard that. Like yeah. the people are friendly. The streets are so clean. Yeah, you can't, you know, uh, Bill said when him and Larry just went, they played a game. Who could find trash? Oh yeah, you can't find. There's literally you cannot find a piece of trash in the city, which is like that's that's. that's it was so funny because I had been there for maybe like two months straight, and I'd never seen a piece of trash on the floor. And I was saying it to someone, and we're in a mall, and we are going up the elevator, and there was like someone's receipt on the ground, and that was the first thing like right. it I ever saw. Out, like, exactly, like, it must have fallen because yeah. I I saw again one other time someone was just walking, and something fell out of their pocket. They didn't even drop it. 
and like officer like runs yes, after and them. Dives and dives. <laughs> it's like emergency. And like um, you can't smoke on the street either. There's like a special like smoking area no, too. Talk, like the, the subways and stuff. People are on the phone. Yeah, talking, exactly. Like in public. The subway is clean and nice. Like best subway right. system. Tokyo like, Tokyo endorsement right here. This yeah, is like, I gotta, sure. gotta check it out. Japan endorsement. Japan overall. clothing too. I mean, I think best in the world. Like fashion clothes. Speaking of clothing, you had a so the suit argument. There, there's someone's making a thing at the kind of the final table uh, dressed up. Well, you, you came with a custom. It was a custom jersey, which was pretty yeah. sick. The in terms of the suit, but it, what what is that? What was that? Who made that? And what is that? Yeah, so like the co- this company, they're called uh, C O T E M E R, and uh, it's just like a store that I read. Actually, my dad pointed it out when we were in Japan, and he saw this. I bought like this uh, part Roethlisberger jersey. Like it's a Roethlisberger jersey, and then they did something different where it's zipped in the front, and there's something in the front and a kimono on the back. <coughs> If you want to grab and, water. No, it's something. okay. And then actually, like, uh, then I came back in again. I bought like a few T-shirts. Like, they would make these custom-made T-shirts with like part kimono on them, that's, that's and just cool. like really sick, all custom-made stuff. So, I was a good customer there, and I just sent the guy a message. I'm like, hey, would you maybe make me a custom jersey? Yeah. Like I thought about it literally for this tournament exactly. Like I wanted to have it. I said, "Hey, I wanted to just have like New York on it. Whatever else, like yeah. no problem." There it is, right? This is the photo, actually. Yeah, yeah. it's a lucky jersey. Yeah, that, that thing might we might see that again. Yeah, the yeah. Table. Lucky jersey for sure. So I mean, the thing is, it's not like I want to be like, "Oh, like screw your rules." Like I won't like follow any rules. But then at the same time, I just really thought it was something interesting too. I feel like everybody else is wearing a jersey. I mean, a suit anyway. So like. It doesn't really matter. Everyone's going to look nice. And it's not even like they're wearing like Tom Ford suits and stuff. Right. I can understand if everyone's going James Bond right, style, right. like yeah, yeah. Tom Ford suit. Like, okay, no problem. If everyone's going like Tom Ford, like to the fucking nines, yeah, yeah. like no problem. Yeah. But if like you could go in like your Marshall suit and like that's considered a suit, yeah. I feel like no, my like it was, jerseys. It was, good, it was good to have a little flavor and it was a custom piece. It's yeah. not like a... Plus it's like, yeah, that's just, I do things like my way, my style. Like that's how I've always and, been. And you just did get it done. You didn't wear pants. You said you had the sandals on. You like to play in comfort. You I would have wore shorts. shorts. Yeah, that's the thing. That's I would have wore like shorts. I wanted to at least like have some like black pants yeah, yeah. on. Like No, it was... It was I looked I, like at least a bit proper. It was a, It was very cool. It was very interesting to see the, uh, the whole venue. I mean, the... The production value, just oh, amazing what they do. I, I I actually had seen Lex Randy commentating. I check in Twitch a little bit, but I didn't realize like I didn't understand the power of Triton, like the updates, the, their their website, the the whole thing they do. It's just everything is all yeah. It's Everything's really A plus all around. The the to watch the replays, the video stuff, incredible the, the graphics, everything. It's, it's it's a treat. So that's uh, it's good. Yeah, I couldn't really say anything other than just like incredible from everything that they do. It's, yeah, it is. It is nuts. Let's They're look- smart though, because I mean, I think that that's like the way to do it. If you want to like build a business and get appeal, like you do everything the best. Like I've always been a firm believer in just doing things the best always. For sure. And that, it's nice because Paul and Rob and well, Rob Young partnering with Party Poker, but Paul Poa and Richard Young, that's the thing. They're like, oh, well, this costs whatever. Like these others, nothing wrong like stars party poker in these places like there's budgets there's things like they're just like oh like we want the best give me the best crew give me the best thing the best everything the best thing yeah they're like like party poker and stars they're running corporate which is like destroying them because they're trying to make i mean not like destroying but they've made a lot of bad decisions not really saying like both but i mean parties parties got their stuff together right now but i'm here yeah i kind of i agree like party has like tried but like poker stars on the other end like 
haven't really made any good decisions over like the past few years. Try to make like every cut like possible that they can. Don't really care about like the players or anything. Like they just have like a good software, a good platform. Like yeah. So people just still play there well, because they have a good player base. It's it's interesting now because I want to. What do you think about the landscape? You hear that all my uh, sports is legal in the U.S. at a federal level, which is I mean, in terms of gaming. You know, it's like you want to be responsible, but. Reality, we're like in, we're living in like a it's a, a a sheltered reality. Look at the UK. Look at most of the world. Like, listen, if you want to go put five pounds on your local sport. Like, everything's in moderation. If you want to yeah. bet and gamble, you're gonna find a way. If you want to get marijuana and it's not legal, like you're gonna find these things. So, it seems like poker in general, the US, the landscape is getting better. Pennsylvania's passing, West Virginia's passing. People understand it's a skill game. Demonstrating that these guys, the top yeah. players in the world. What do you feel like the, the 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 landscape and the climate of poker is right now? Because the the on, the live stuff's growing online. There's solvers. There's this parties getting rid of HUDs and that. But where see, do you that's stand a, on that's that? the thing. I don't think poker like necessarily like actually died. I think that the operators just didn't really know how to run these billion dollar businesses. Right. And, like, know what to do to keep their players happy and to bring new players in. The thing is, poker stars had like a complete monopoly on like. That they all they needed to do was offer everything that everyone wanted to play, and nobody could have competed with them ever. Right. If they added all the games that everyone wanted to play, made it a bit better for all the pros, like there would have been no chance for someone to compete with them. The thing is, mark my words, you're gonna see it two years from now, Poker Stars isn't gonna be the number one site in the world. Like, and it's not gonna be party poker either, unfortunately, but Maybe. watch two years from now, you'll you'll see this video. Um I I, uh, I got well. Listen, I agree that their competition's huge. It's great for it's great for the yeah. game. It's good. That's one good thing for it, at least. Yeah. At least it created competition. Like yeah, which is just good at anything in general. When they, that might be what their thought was. They had like a monopoly of some sorts, and they figured that they were just going to press at maximum. That kind of nobody could compete with them at all. Right. But the thing is, that's never actually the case. Like, if you want to just press at maximum, you're just going to start getting competitors to come in at lower prices. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I want to I want to touch a little more on the the industry and what you think about online. But for also, I just want to make sure we cover this. Remco put this up really cool. This guy's pinned tweet up here talking about the rise when you started where you were in the world in the all-time <laughs> minus so 7523 47 1450 333 189 90 49 20 10 4 and 1 so i mean that's a pretty crazy to see the the run here what a what a steady climb and the thing is too like i mean a lot of people the, the one thing people say is oh you get like a big cash in one tournament or whatever but the thing is all the people who were in the top 10 like before this except for me, all had these big caches and million dollar tournaments too. And I was still up there anyway, with my biggest cash being three mil this year in Triton. And before this year, biggest cash being like two mil or something, winning a hundred K in Monte Carlo. So, I mean, I have like 55 million caches, of course, but 35 of that is just from like, just cashing over and over again, where my biggest cash being three, second biggest two, third biggest one point set like yeah i mean i just like results non-stop i mean this is this 2019 so you go to melbourne you just, <laughs> you just rock the first place there then you go here and you got a three million a 1.5 and a 2.7 well, look i even stopped in vegas and got like a little win too like before oh wow What's like just like for fun that? i was like ah, i guess i might as well go to the u.s poker open and win like one of these that's for fun. that's that's a nice actually it was please. amazing too because i read i had a party in vegas on that exact date and I remember 
I was leaving uh, my friend Lauren Roberts' house where, like, yeah, I, would, I, you, I would stay. Like, yeah, Lauren's like she's one of the awesome. best people she's for so sure. She's, she's amazing. Yes, for sure. Sweetest people. Yes. So, like, uh, I was leaving that morning, and she had won actually the 10k the day before. Yes. And I she's uh, she's telling that. me like, oh, you better make it for your party. Yeah, don't worry, Lauren. I'm going to win this one, like, before the party even starts. And, like, I won the final table in some, like, crazy record time in, like, an hour or something. Like, just it was wild. Just mangled the whole table. You're, you're exercising <laughs> the secret, man. The positivity shit. That's, that's, a, that's a wild story. So you get the 450. You go to – you get – Three million in Tritons. Triton. I mean, the power of Triton is is got to be known. How big? And I ca- I cashed in that like in the fifth in the fifty k one right before it too for like five hundred, or like and just like to get a nice cash there also to get wow, it going. So yeah, this is uh. Then you win and then you go back to back there because this this one too like me and Tim like played for some heads up but we made a deal also. And the thing, like Tim won three like pivotal hands versus me. I pretty much, I like kind of lands. If, if, if you watch the recap of that tournament, like I destroyed this tournament from the beginning to the end. I made like a super gangster hero call against uh, Tan Wen, uh, like at the beginning, like, and just kind of made a lot of good bluffs and chipped up really nice with no showdowns. I lost a bit, pretty much I lost a flip versus Tim to have 90% of the chips in play three-handed or something where Dan would have got heads up with me then then like again I lost another hand where I flopped uh, Trip uh, threes or trip threes or fours on like four four three or it was three three deuce and he gets running fives with like a five eight off like winning some huge pot Damn. Then like lose another one versus a flush on the river so like I kind of had that tournament and got unlucky kind of like I had this tournament and got like just like lost a few all-ins too it just when it gets heads up is the thing you could have a 5 to 1 6 to 1 7 to 1 lead and have crushed the whole tournament all it takes is two lost all-ins and you're behind yeah it is uh, heads up is a beast right like it's never really over until it's over yeah just the chips start getting in you get short stack 10 so I mean I'm lucky like good thing I made like a deal again like actually they told me the stats I think it was Going into this final table, I won either seven of the last eight or eight of the last nine heads ups I was in. And the only one I lost was to Tim that like we made a deal and then I lost this one too. And I'm pretty sure I didn't make a deal in a single one of the other ones. So you might be out out on the deal making. So I'm like, I won like the last seven of nine heads ups and made a deal on the two that I lost and none of the ones that I won. So... That's pretty Basically, strong, yeah, I would say. How can you complain about that, that one? That is, that's also running pretty pretty sweet. But <laughs> 20, 20 million, Antonio Spagnari had the largest cash in the history of the, of the game, 18 million and change. You just locked up a 20 million uh, cash and took the number one spot. Is that is that to you like, I mean, how ridiculous does that sound? Like, did you ever imagine when you were playing, starting online, you're talking about a $20 million one score. I mean, how does that like, how does that even, how do you how do you put that into reality? See, like it's crazy, but I feel like I just always set up a mindset. Like we were sitting at French Laundry and I was a, uh, I was sitting with uh, one of my friends who was friends with me for a long time, like back on the, when I was 18, 19, talking on MSN, one of the first people that I would talk with. And he was telling my mom at the lunch, she's like, yeah, you know what? Like one thing about Brynn is even at 18, 19 years old, he would always say like, watch, I'm going to be the best in the world, like at this game. Yeah. So the thing is like, I kind of always just envisioned that and worked harder than everybody else. Like win or lose, like I just pretty much put a hundred percent into my, of my time into this game. Right. Like playing all day, every day, like 
only thinking about this, thinking about nothing else. Not like that's good for your life, but that's what made me so good at this right. game, of course. What, what would be advice to someone if you're at home right now? Like, what would you say if they say they're looking here? And also just not to put a message out. Poker's gotten harder. There's different landscape. You don't just walk in today and you're going to be a winning player. What would be something you would tell someone who's like sees you and, and they say, oh, wow, this is what I want. $55 million in earnings. He's living the life, traveling, whatever. How would you break someone down and explain to them if you wanted to get into poker? You, know, you, have the right, you have to have the right mind, right bankroll management, right kind of mentality. But what would be a piece of advice you would give someone at home who wants to start playing poker just on the journey? Well, like one one thing I kind of always would tell myself that I think like really worked through like rough times was like, just don't imagine that you're going to run up a mountain. Just like if you want to get up a mountain, like you're going to have to like claw and like work and like you're going to have to really show like you want to get there. Let's say it's some, something like a mountain like Mount Everest or something. Mm-hmm. You want to climb like that. You have to come prepared. You have to come smart. You have to have all like the right gear. You have to do it like the smart way. There's even there's even points where you have to stop for like a day. There's like to get acclimated to altitude. So it's similar. You gotta, there's points you can't just like go from every, you know, run Exactly. Up, right? So like there, if you want to do something, you have to prepare for it. Like if you don't come prepared, like you just don't really have a chance. So people imagine like, oh... They try to imagine things like, oh, my luck is bad. If this didn't happen, like, then I could have done this. Like, as soon as you start thinking in negative ways, like if or would have or could have, and I'm unlucky because of this and just starting to put, like, negatives on yourself, you're just going to, like, sink as opposed to anything else. Because if you want to actually do well, you want to actually, like, build yourself to where you want to be, it takes a lot of work. It takes getting punched in the face over and over again, being able to take it, being able to have, like, your best friends turn on you like all the people you helped out be able to just like accept like everything like it's like a fight like I just I consider myself like a gladiator like I feel like we're in a video game and I feel like okay when I was younger one one like weird yeah of course like one weird thing always for me was not even weird I just kind of thought about it when I was older every single time when I was younger what would be on TV when I turned it on was gladiator And it's like crazy. It was like every single time. Like I would always kind of fall asleep on the couch when I was like, let's say 16, 17, 18, 19. Like in this age, I would just fall asleep on the couch watching some movie or something. And it was just Gladiator was on so much more than anything else. And I think that... I think that I really just maybe even learn like from that, like, hey, you could be someone who's on the absolute top, something happens like out of your control completely to like kick you down to the absolute bottom. The question is like now is when you're showing like, do you have the heart or not? Do you have what it takes to get yourself back, to make all the steps, like to get yourself where you want to be when your mind is kind of used to already being there? You have to now forget about the past and say, okay, you were there, that's over. Mm-hmm. Like you're the only place you are is where you're at right now. And if you want to get there, it's just making good decisions every day over and over and over again. Yeah. That's like really what it comes down to. I, I like that. Yeah. I think Shawshank Redemption is one of mine. There's always on, I'd always see it. And the same thing. It's it's like you can't control what happens, right? It's like yeah. things are going to happen, good, bad. You got it's not about what happens, how you react, and that's uh, that's, that's how you really, can take it. Yes, that's uh, that's powerful stuff. We are we have um, there's there's literally there's I've never seen. I showed my insta the Instagram questions that we put up. There was like I think I've had like fifteen to twenty normally for a guest. There was like hundred and fifty questions <laughs> on Instagram. Twitter's the one where we have a giveaway, so going to do that. We'll look at some Instagram ones. Um, I I think this is going to have to be a repeat. 
podcast guests in the future. We'll wait for your next maybe you know, 10 million plus score. We'll do something fun around a, a big event. Um, but let's uh, let's go in. Let's go through here and just kind of look at some of the questions on Twitter, guys. If it's not too late, if you want to get eligible for the giveaway, going to give away two tickets uh, before before we kind of close out and go into this uh, into the Twitter questions here. Give me real quick what you think about. I thought it was interesting you said about HUDs that you do not. Um, use a hug when you play on exactly because I know Party Poker banned them now, which is interesting and sort of a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think know. it's bad for the game anyway. To have hug, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so it's only like good for the professionals. So why could it be good for the game? Right. And that, okay. Any way that you give like professionals an extra advantage is just like bad for business. Like, why would you do it? Right. Pretty much in general, like all business, you have to adhere to your VIPs. Right. Like your VIPs are the reasons why like your professionals are going to play anyway. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, but for me, you know, everybody would just play with HUD, say like, oh, you have to do this. But the thing is, I just like, I just always did things my own way. Like I wanted to use to think I would play with, let's say on big days online for tournaments, I would never cloud my screen. Let's say it's a WCOOP main event or something. Maybe I'm playing four tables. I can see all the tables. The thing is, I think it's so important about flow. Like again, like you see someone like lose a big pot, like in a tournament, they might just dust off their uh, dust off their stack. If you're just like max clicking and the tables are popping up and you're just seeing numbers, you don't know how the guys like playing today. Maybe they play different, like on different days. Like plus, I mean, the way it's the way it did great. I think for me is everybody else like would think based on looking at numbers. So like live would start being more of a learning curve. And then also if you do everything based on numbers live, you're also going to play the same style that you're doing everything based on that the numbers are correct. Right. So I mean, which I don't think is the case at all. So I think that where everybody else practiced just by kind of studying something, I practiced by like playing tons and tons of boards versus tons of players and kind of trying different plays and winding up in more intricate spots than other people wind up in. So I kind of just wind, I'm just like so comfortable on the turn in river, like no matter what on every board, because I feel like I've just logged so many hands of thinking at the highest stakes. Because the thing is, no, always the highest stakes, that's just like what I've played. Right. When like the high rollers were 10Ks, I was crushing those. When like online high stakes was 2Ks, I was crushing those. Like kind of whatever the highest stakes in poker was, I just always crushed. So like the kind of type of hands that I always got was versus the best. Right. Never like versus anyone else, which I think just helped me in a thinking level all the time of how to outthink the best. Do you, do you feel that you play very well against, ex- exploitably against sort of non-pros? Do you feel you have an advantage versus some of the other pros? Like is that, do you pride yourself on hand reading ability, range to know where people are and what they're capable of? Or Yeah, I mean, it's like a lot of all that. The, th- the way that I really look at it is if you think of yourself and start thinking about like all poker players, and it's that you can't really get to even like a handful of players who like do well against you. I think that's when you're like really crushing. Mm-hmm. Like I can't think of a handful of people that are like actually doing well against me. There's no one. Yeah, there's not. You go in these these, these high level fields. You're not looking around like oh, I don't like my table. I don't like yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of just like no one. Even if they want to think that they're better than me, if they want to think in their head though, the hands that they played against me. 
Maybe they want to say that it's like small sample size and it's variants or something. But when it's happening over and over again versus all the best players like in the world, I don't know like what type of like variants you're talking about. For sure. I, well, they, I mean, yeah, results speak for themselves. And it's, it is cool to hear, like you said, when you look back on a lot of these are filmed, that's the nice part of the high roller scenes. A lot of them are televised. There's hands up. You can see decisions, see spots. And, it, you know, it's yeah, that's the thing. I challenge anyone. If you think that like I'm not the best poker player in the world, like watch like the videos of the tournaments that I want and like watch the hands that I played and if you still don't think so like okay no problem but I think uh, you'll change your mind after that yeah, you, yeah, hey, I mean listen the footage is out there the results you're in the number one spot it's not exactly. too much you have to and it's not like, yeah it's not like I'm saying oh it's just me I'm saying oh like go and watch it for yourself you think I'm wrong like okay fine like go and find me some hands that I like blundered then because you can find me a lot of hands that like I destroyed people over and over again, yeah, but of course, almost days. never really getting destroyed, never getting like superhero called in crazy spots, but at the same time getting like these bluffs through like in crazy spots. So like, sure, like you could imagine that like I'm guessing right, but what I would like to call it is like I'm evaluating the situation better than everybody else. What do you think of the randomizer stuff? Because this is something that gets it's sort of interesting that people use a lot. Do you do any of that kind of stuff? I hate about I hate this randomizer stuff. I, mean, I, I didn't understand. Like I started because it's, about it. it's bad for me. I hate to hear that anyone's using it against me. To be honest, okay. because I think. I have people don't imagine, but I think I have such a good idea on how people play and how they think that they're going to make the decision that I think that they're going to make if they have to make their own decision. Mm -hmm. Now, if they're like making it to like flipping a coin <laughs> for it. Yeah, they look at the like, second hand oh. and it's in the quarter, the first quarter. The yeah, like that's disaster for me. Okay. My game is all based on like imagining them to think. You might have found the kryptonite. So but now, like, yeah, now people could try. So I guess like go for this too. You know, it's always like a leveling game since, you know, Played some hood ones on this one, and everybody thinks like I'm too rich to care. Like, <laughs> well, I can't really try to get too many bluffs through anyway. Like, right. in any small stakes tournaments, everyone's gonna think I'm bluffing. Yeah, that's uh, that could be an interesting problem. So maybe the randomizer thing is gonna help me now, actually. All right, I like it. What, what, uh, what's the uh, what's upcoming schedule for you? And then we're gonna go to some questions. What do you got coming up for um, this year? So like, I'm just gonna chill a bit right now until Barcelona. Like, take like two weeks off. Just maybe go to like a spa in Switzerland or something. Thing, actually I was thinking like just I mean I was run down for the week after this like you could hear it in my nose and my throat like first it started in my stomach then to my throat then to my nose it's been like a week and also I never get sick or run down so a week for me is like it's actually never happened before I've never even been run down for a week in my life but I think I did such a good job like pushing every like emotion down but still it was like festering like in there I couldn't eat I didn't really sleep much like last two days of the tournament I was probably just so excited and then at the same time telling myself that I wasn't excited at all. Right. Just like messed up my rhythm a bit. Right. right. So like just I need to like just get myself back, like balance myself a little bit, like go to Barcelona. I'll go play the UK uh, Poker Open in London after and then the Super High Roller Bowl London. So you're staying over in Europe for Yeah, I'm going to stay over in Europe exactly. Then uh, I'm not sure what I'll do the like in the second half of September, October, maybe probably like, chill a bit. If they make another Triton event during this time, like I'll go wherever the Triton event is. So Triton is like, that's the, this, Triton's this a must go to the high roller. It's like a playground, the, the buy-ins and what they got going on. They're just, it's just a must play. I wouldn't even mind if I didn't go to another tournament in the world now, to be honest, except for Triton. That's like, that's actually, I love Aussie millions actually is like a great place. Great time of the year. Like right. Aussie millions does a superb job. Also like the tennis tournament is the same time. 
Like the weather's great. Like Australia is right. yeah, amazing. It's a, it's a really good the trip. breakfast is like best in the world. Like the coffee they, is like best in the world. They here too, but it is true. I, yeah, I best in the world though in Australia. I agree. Melbourne is it's one of the the top spots. Um, what do you think about the short deck? Before I got, we do need to go into questions, but the short deck stuff that's a big part of the trading. Almost half the basically half of the the deal here. I saw you hopped in. One of the you know ones you played some side trades uh, short deck stuff. What what are your thoughts on the game? And, and yeah, I mean it's good like a good gambling game is the thing. So I mean it's good fun. Right. Like the thing is, whatever game like the people want to play, like I think that's good. So for a hundred k short deck, you haven't done too much work on it or, or really, but you you hop in, you mess around, you have a general feel. Yeah, for because it. I mean I feel like I just can't really be, even if I'm like a loser in a tournament, I can't really be a big loser. Like right. maybe I'm a small loser. I'm just gonna see what the other good player, what the other people who are supposed to be good at this game are doing. Maybe even pick some things out of their game that I don't like also, right. and then see like just kind of try to mold my own game. After I mean. I feel like after 20 tournaments, even with ever, never studying, never learning, I mean, it's just a tournament again at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's about like applying pressure at the right time, like yeah, folding so, the right yeah, hands, like playing more positions. in the game, you're going to have more experience in these ICM. Maneuvering, exactly. Just, just making like I saw some people make disaster plays, like ICM-wise in short deck, like horrible calls deep. Yeah. With hands like pocket tens, you should just never do. Yeah, I saw a couple that I thought were bad, but again, I don't really know how to play, but it just seemed like obvious, like with the other short stacks, yeah, and, yeah. And risking all so that's the thing if other people are making like kind of disaster moves even some of them are like meant to be good players right but then it's got to be like a good game plus you can never get it in too bad anyway yeah it's sort of it is a fun game it was it was i was very impressed with some of the play but also definitely saw some some punters yeah some of the guys make some like really sick moves though too for sure no they're, they're, i was have it some, was like, it was some finesse in there of it course. was really fun to watch all right guys there is a giveaway going on if you go to my twitter and hit retweet ask for a question we are gonna have to rapid fire through some of these and uh i'll just kind of call um some out so asking how much time do you use to study poker i guess i would actually ask you if you were saying for yourself right now like stay not talking PO or solvers, but study as in watch footage and stuff. What percent are you playing versus studying? To be honest, I never watched like footage in my life either. So will you go back and watch this win? Uh, I've like tried to watch footage of my own wins sometimes and like can, but at the same time, like my studying, like that's been like my whole life anyway. Like how much do I study? It's like however many hours I had in the day, like that I was breathing. Like I would wake up, order delivery food, go to the computer, like start at noon, play till three in the morning and then go pick up some food and go to sleep. Right. Play like 15 hours a day, like all day, every day for probably like the first at least like seven years. I mean, I was averaging for sure at least 10 hours a day for like the first like... It's crazy. Just playing all day, every day. That was my whole life. That's all I did. So like... How much do I study? Like, how much do I breathe? That's right. like the answer to that. <laughs> you're, okay, so yeah, you're you're playing a fair <laughs> amount of poker. When did you think that you could really be an excellent poker player? What was the point where you, because you're playing, for, you did Magic Gathering, got to number one in the world at one point. Or like 15 were, and under number one in the world. 15 and under. Because like I played this junior JSS series, like it was called, mm-hmm. that they had this pro tour also. But while I turned like 16, I just didn't really care for it anymore. For sure. So once you got in kind of magic, when did you, or out into poker, did you know that this was like, you were pretty I'm quick? I'm just like competitive and I'm like, I've always been good at like things because I tr- I put like a lot of effort into it. Right. So I just like enjoyed the competition always. So I don't know, I judge myself to like a harsher level. So I kind of always just thought that I would be good and I would make myself good. Uh, who was the funniest poker player you ever played against? Funniest, like just in general, table dynamic, how they interact. There's there's almost no characters though like in the poker like 
Jungle, I mean, like a jungle, jungle man. man. Yeah, jungle man. Jungle man. Yeah. Jungle man is the best stuff. for sure. It, jungle, I fucking love Jungle man. Yeah. Definitely, like, I think uh, the, the other, like, best character in poker is Jungle man, without a doubt. He is something else. <laughs> he makes me laugh just to I love Jungle. Says, oh, my God. He is, he is one of he a is, kind. He is, he is that good. Um, that fun. What are your next goals? Uh, greetings both. What's thanks for the, the hello? What are your next? Do you have any goals? I mean, hit number one. What do you? What I mean, you I guess like my know? yeah. I, I mean, my next goals like I would say like aren't really in poker. Like, I mean, really like my life goal always has been to build like uh, money and a network so that in the end of the day I could do something that no one's ever done before. Like have more of a positive influence than anyone's ever have. Like we have to cut this. We have to cut it short. We do have we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Brent is definitely a. He's got big ideas, and I, I know I can tell energetically what you want to do and how you are. You sort of align with that. You just want to do cool, fun stuff. Yeah. And promote and do exactly. Fun. I want to do cool, fun stuff for me, and I, I enjoy making everybody else's life better around me. Yeah, and it takes you know it's great. Like the first half of your life, or roughly, you got to you got to make the money, be comfortable, relax, and then you can kind of. You can anyway, do the thing is, I think I, I mean because I've always been like so. I trust myself like so much just to like crush kind of anything I do. So the thing is, if you really want to have a like a huge positive influence on the world it's going to take money and a network to do it without a doubt access, like no matter what like you're going to need like to have some yeah access some crazy network so i mean not even like i've tried to build a network i just enjoy people anyway <coughs> i enjoy like having a conversation with like someone like bill like i love to have a conversation with like and that i could play a million or 100k tournament and sit next to someone like that like that's what i love so much about poker actually i i think personally the greatest thing about poker really there's so many things you can apply or like lauren say yes. like lauren's like such an interesting like unique person right. ran her own hedge fund like yeah. turned down a hundred million from like the royal family like there because they wanted her like yeah her like um algorithms yeah. like she's like these are just like these are like yeah. unique people that don't exist anywhere and you get to sit in a poker tournament exactly. and like talk to them and see their minds see where they came from it's like the most interesting thing ever where how else could you meet someone like bill right and also at the same time get respect from someone like bill or lauren or people like right. in the same range like unless if you're like the best in the world at poker or something else right because otherwise i mean not to say like that they don't want to talk to anyone but at the same time it's hard to gain like respect from people like that especially respect on a level that like you're a good person like crusher in what you're doing intelligent because yeah. these are yeah people who are complete crushers i think that's that's an important thing that with poker there's a lot of relationships you get it's like golfing with someone too it's like when you're already usually friends with them you do that but you learn a lot about someone how do they handle the wins how they handle the losses how do they treat you when they you yeah know, things and, and how do they treat other people yeah. honestly one of the things that's most important to me I don't really judge anyone for how they treat me because everyone kind of want, like treats me a yeah, different way. I judge everyone based on the way that they treat like the random person sweeping the floor. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to treat like the waiter disrespectful, like why do I want to be like around right. you? It's if true. you like think you're better than like someone else and act like it, like why do I want to be around you? Like I want to be around like good people or good times who like have respect for other people. Like that's what life's about. Like respect everybody. Like there's no reason to try to shit on anybody. Like even if you think you're above someone, why would you try to like put someone else down? Right. Like, if you're above them, enjoy it. Like yeah, keep up. your mouth shut. Like and if you can, give someone like a word of advice if you can. I've heard from a lot of people that 
just like a line from me or just something like really just changed their outlook and their mindset like for life, got them on a good path, yeah. let them see like, oh, you can get like knocked down to the bottom and build yourself up if you're smart, if you're strong, like, hey, yeah. look at this guy's done it over and over again. Like, right. Well, it's like it's paying it forward and just in general, not even pay it forward, but just <laughs> you don't know how you could impact like literally how you are or be to someone could impact like how they are then for the, when they go home or how they. Yeah. Like, and I'm and like, I love that. I want to only right. have like positive influences on anyone so like at the same time I'm happy to like help anyone if anyone really like wants to ask me about something I'll listen and like I'll answer I don't think like oh I'm better like because I'm like winner and you're not like I don't really care like I did a different route that's the way I think of things I put all my focus and my energy to be exactly like what I am and that's like made me what I am so like another person like they lived a different life they put their energy and focus into something else there's no reason for me to like judge them harshly for like anything of it like only thing I should judge them for is if they're a good person or not because really that's all that matters that's true. That's uh, I love how you answered that. Um, this is funny because I actually Brent and I haven't we haven't played as much recently. I've been doing a different uh, bit. Someone's asking. I actually there was a hand that I remember from the PCA 10k or 25k. We were in the money or on the bubble. Maybe it was right in the bubble. I had kings in the big line. It was like a, uh, I forget the guy, um, Scooby's cousin. What's his name? Uh, the the uh, Russian. Oh, Eugene. Eugene. But he opened. And I shoved kings. But then afterward, I talked to you and you were like, yeah, you know, off that. Yeah, I like. 13 blinds or you should just call there and then I thought about it and then like now I see and, but that was like cool like gave me some advice and, and, gave, and then I remember I think I even shoved on you and I had like king eight off and you had queens and I had a king and then I ended up like doing well but just point you're like giving me advice and talk to me like during and right after like what you would do yeah yeah that's like, the thing I was, like, wow that's interesting I use that I've given yeah. like a lot of people like advice like me and Carrie the way that we became friends actually we would just play the Aria tournaments and he would always be very friendly to me like Always have a good time. So I was like, yeah, whatever. I started texting him some hands that I had. I was like, I had this here. But I told him too. I said, hey, look, I'll tell you like some hands. I'm happy to like give you some info, tell you like when you mess up a hand or something. One thing you have to like promise though is that you never like tell the hand like to anyone else. Because a lot of these guys, they would never expect that like I wind up with some of these hands in some of these spots because they've never seen it on a stream and I've never got called. Right. Because that's like another thing like nobody really knows like what your actual range is it's just like a guess right it's the way they've seen you play on the stream and the way the cards that you've actually shown right like that doesn't who knows for the cards that like a you lot mocked. Of spots, yeah. like a lot of the cards that like i've mocked for sure you could pick like a, the guys who think they know the most of my game and there's no way they would think that i was doing these type of drive right. yeah that's that's uh that's definitely powerful it's true um, so yeah, again, I don't know. We could ask. I haven't played with Bryn in a long time personally, but yeah, is that what do you think of Jeff's poker skill level? But we haven't. Uh, it's like impossible for me to answer since yeah, we like course. never play. But the thing is, you do a good job of surviving and playing high stakes. So yeah. you're no matter what. The thing is, all that matters in poker is if you're good compared to the games that right, you play. Yeah, you could be the ten thousand best in the world if you're playing with the hundred thousand through a million. Exactly. Then you're the, crushing you them. Be the ten best in the world play with the best. Exactly. You're not, I think that's important. Exactly. To so, like, even if, like, let's say, even if you're like hundredth best, like in the world or something, and you're playing all high rollers versus like all the best in the world, like you won't do well. But then, if you're playing with all the guys who are two hundred to five hundred, you're going to keep winning, of course. So, I mean, way more important than like what's your poker skill is what 
is if you have a good grasp on what your poker skill actually is. Right. Like if you rate your poker skill way higher than like it actually is and you try to play games for no reason versus the best, like you're just kind of going to drown yourself. So it doesn't really matter how good you are. It matters like how good you are at selecting the games yes. that you should play. Game selection for sure. Yeah. That, I see that answers a couple of questions about tips. I, we did talk about this and what you would uh, – um, what you would suggest to up and coming players? We covered that. What does it feel to be like? What's number one feel like? How's it I feel? Mean, it feels crazy up? for sure. I mean, I always said that I would get number one. I guess I've been telling like my friends since I've been young that I would be the best in the world at this game. And I mean, I, it just it really shows that if you dedicate yourself to something, like you could just get whatever you want. That like that's what I would tell anyone. If you really want something, like you can get it. But the thing is, like, how much do you actually want it? Mm-hmm. Like, cause if you don't really want it, you should just like go home right now. Because, right. Do something. Like leave, leave it to like someone else because like you have no chance. But like, if you really want it and you want it more than everybody else, I mean, I just think I wanted it more than everybody else. I always said I was going to be the best. I was going to be number one. I spent all day, every day playing poker, thinking about poker, like nonstop. I mean, even I was getting, I got like supernova elite, like few years playing like sit and goes all day, like going from like having million dollar rolls to not. So I would have to play, get supernova elite just to make like the extra 100, 150 K a year or something just to like get some print going again. So the thing is I've also like other people, they'll go on downswings and they'll feel it too. You can see it in their face. Yeah. For me, like downswing, what does that matter? Like I'm used to being in like negative millions winning big tournaments and paying off all of it like what the hell could a downswing mean like i've won huge tournaments in like 2017 i won like every tournament i probably had the most consistent year in 17 that anyone ever had just like winning tons of tournaments for 300 500 million like i mean justin and fedor both cashed for like more in years but like they had big caches in few tournaments like But if you see, like, my list is just, like, all just consistent throughout the whole year, first throughout the whole year, and just, like, kind of everything. Yeah. No, I... I've seen the graphs. I've looked it up. It is crazy. You guys can always go to Hen and Mob and check out. We're running out of time here. Brent does have... Um, Brent does have to get going here, so anytime we can close it off here. It's already it's getting it's getting pretty late. But this is oh, actually is it only oh good. it's four thirty. It's not too bad. Um, how does uh, a toughest opponent? I don't know. A lot of guys don't like to answer this because like you battle people. But do you, do you actually like, like against me the toughest opponent? I think because uh, like the one who's done the best against me because I've thought about it, and even when we were talking about it, he didn't even he thought that ours were like close. So that's mm-hmm. the thing, like. Dan Smith, I think, has made the most correct decisions against me, actually. Because I think he plays like, he'll, t- he'll play like a GTO type of style, but he has no problem like hopping out of the box mm-hmm. and just like saying fuck it and doing something like others wouldn't, which does well against me. Right. I want someone to have a structured thought process. If you have a structured thought process and I have a good idea of your ranges and how you play, I feel like I have a great chance just to dissect it and do so well against it interesting but if your thought process i mean the way that i always thought about things is the best style to play against my style is to keep pots small and stay away mm-hmm. yeah that's uh that's like play hands in position no reason to create big three bet pots like because i mean you're just going to wind up in a bad spot for all your chips on the river like a lot and i mean there's just really no reason to go against someone who's like so confident at like the top of their game and just like just like feeling in a complete zone like if your goal is to win in poker like you should want to do the most you can 
to stay against the person who's feeling the best. Right. And you say the cards don't matter, and you also say that you don't mind lighting ICM on fire. You'll go for it. You'll go for a spot or a win if you feel it. Like you're not worried if you're. It makes people scared of you yeah. too. Is if the you're thing. two of seven and you're willing to just yeah. go for it. Against you have to be like if you're fearless, then people are just like scared to play big pots against you. Is the thing. Right. Yeah. And you and once you set that tone as well, then it's like they may they once they're scared. It's it doesn't you kind of can just have a little you more you just know, have like an you advantage just, no matter what like they they kind of if people are thinking that you're going to put them all in on the river if you wind up on the river against them a lot of people just are going to try not to be make it to the river against you right um, your first tournament you got second that was at Turnstone <laughs> how did you end up at Turnstone I talked to Dan Smith I think it was well that was like two. a spot where all the young guys went because you know you could play online at 18 but you couldn't play I've in a live casino well. at 21 but Turningstone was 18 and older so yeah. like. Everyone was going there at 18, 19, 20, so they could play like a little poker. Yeah, I would go to Canada. A lot of like the originals of like the game were up in like Turning Stone. A lot of like the original crushers, like the Aussie 87 and Mr. Smokey and Empire 2000. And like, yeah, a lot of like. Oh, these, talk, talk about the, the screen and this guy who gave you, you he either staked you. I, I mentioned his, uh, his name. What was his online name? There was some guy, and then he went to Commerce. You hit a score, he staked you. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I was like. Uh, 21 no i mean i was like 20 and playing at commerce like they actually never asked me for an id like uh my what's, friend, the, what's the window gap i think we're out of the the, the statute limitation yeah, yeah exactly so i mean anyway i wound up like winning a lot and losing it all back so but uh so he, this guy like uh his name was uh zach stewart uh monkey 101 was his yeah, name online right. like uh so i pretty much just met him one year at pca so i was i was almost 21 anyway actually so uh, I was 20 at PCA and I remember I like lost my whole role like there and just I had happened to just hang out with him like smoke in his room just like he would play online I was we were kind of like playing together a bit just like talking chilling and uh, he like went on a run here so I go back to New York actually I didn't lose my role there maybe I had just a little bit left but I go back to New York I remember I lost like the little bit I had left maybe like 20k or something so I told him, and he's like, oh, why don't you come out to L.A.? Like, I'll stake you, no problem. So I come out there. He sta- Just for three days, he stakes me. I went, to, I went like 40K, take my 20, and just start firing it myself. That's I read that somewhere. That's and just like in that month, uh, I think in the first, I remember perfectly, in the first three sessions, I like broke even. I won once, lost once, and like like tied one session I remember even I got it because I would always play aggressive I got all in I remember in like 2040 for like all the money I had for like four so like 40,000 pot with like ace king versus ace 10 off like the guy just like cooked it in and we ran it twice or no we ran it once we just like chopped the pot or something so that was like the after the three sessions though I won 35 straight days in a row that's just that like 30 something yeah something like 35 straight days in a row played every single day after the first week I was playing the biggest game in the casino every single day and like that was kind of where like I went on my first like big run so you do have a cash back on too yeah so I mean that yeah that was all like in no limit cash in that year too like uh before that I went on some runs playing like heads up no limit like battling four tables I mean I for sure did well in heads up no limit also like guys like Phil Galfon like played me one time in no limit one time in PLO quit like the bowl sessions and like I remember the no limit session against Phil Galfon and it was honestly like some of the biggest just owns I've ever seen just like 
played so sick. I think I only beat him for maybe 70K in like 100, 200, two tables or something in an hour. But he got so lucky to just lose like 70. Yeah, he just, like, he just yeah, he, would, he, he tried like PLO one time, like af, after that, just like never played again. Like kind of, so I just, I got respect from people in the highest stakes cash, people in the highest stakes tournaments always. Like, so then that year I went on a big run playing live cash then kind of did a bunch of like lost it all in other ways like same thing saying I would do and then spun it up online that same that was the same year that like I spun it up on full tilt to like 3.5 in PLO you mentioned your downswing so when you have these kind of let's say how many times do you say you've gone from like plus a million or one million let's just call it to zero roughly in theory because you're always in action I guess that's the thing like you always if you ever if people want to stake you they want to have a PC or, you're or even just like loan because I've loaned like a lot of people a lot of times too like when I was doing well so they if they were doing well they would loan me also right. and just know like when I win I'm going to insta pay it back I'm right. like so I'm never going to need to like message me I, I'm trying to think like it's at least like five I th it's like five to seven or so and how how do you deal with that because like it's always easier you win 20 million you're number one in the world you could you know everything's fine you just but, have to like accept it that's the thing but you, it doesn't, no matter how big it is you have to just like accept it so like my worst one uh, I went to sleep one night thinking out a million dollars. I wake up the next day, like I have to pay my whole million dollars and owe about another two million or something. Because oh I, gar I guaranteed for like some deal that just went completely wrong, like in business, torched everything like an idiot. So literally I had to go to, I went to sleep one night being like, oh wow, it's nice. Like six months ago, like was boss now have like, have a million again, like chilling. Okay, perfect. Can make good decisions. Wake up the next day, like completely fucked. Like just like negative two mil. And just the thing is you have to just convince yourself that you have to make the right decisions is the only thing. So is, like is, is, this one, it took me like a week. I was in London. I rented like a sick apartment, three bedroom apartment. I didn't leave at all. I just smoked, watched movies, turned off my phone and ordered delivery food like for a week straight. And I just told myself like, hey look. Or this like, during this term. No, during, no, this is during, like right when I went from like a million oh, to negative two okay. mil. So like, I pretty much just told myself, hey look, no matter what you have, when you leave this apartment, you have to forget about it. Like you have to move on. You have to just make the right decisions. You have to just forget about it. You can't complain. You can't be down. You can't say if that, the other, I'm unlucky, this or that. You have to just go after it and fight hard and try to get yourself back. If it takes you two, three years to like get back, then like, so be it. That's just what you're going to have to do. So you're in your 32 right now. Yeah. 32 November 1st, 33. Yeah. So where's, yeah. It's, 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 is this bring Kenny now? Where you're at, you took a shot. Like this year's been crazy. You took a shot in Montenegro too, didn't you? A couple of those you had like bigger. Yeah, I mean, I always, if I'm always doing okay, I'll always try to have like the most I can. Right. So you're this now though. You've gone broke several times. This it's is not going to happen level. again. You got your stuff situated. No, it's way. We're, we're, we're good. No, 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 it's done. Like, okay, there's, there's no more like going broke. There's no, no more, more even gambling or doing stupid shit. Like, right. Maybe a short deck tournament here. Yeah, now. exactly. A few like spews, few coin flips here and there. Splash a little in the pot, but right. nothing, nothing stupid that could hurt you. And what about so? Do you still stake any players? Do you do you take action? Do you rather do that? I mean, I stake like a few of my friends because it's just like in the end of the day, as long as they're not going to like cause me like grief and be like complainers and do like it's I'm happy to like help my friends too like if and try to help them in different ways like if they should win also if they're working hard but at the same time like I have no room for like people complaining or people like 
Just bring negativity. Yeah, yeah. If you okay, no problem. You're mega. Yeah, have a nice life. Like you want to be like negative, talk about like nonsense, always bring up like bullshit. Like oh, okay, cool. Like see you later. Right. Like just have no time, no room for it. Absolutely. All right, I'm in line with that. Uh, So you've answered that. Who's the toughest player? What about the Triton series? Who do you think that you battled with a few times? Who did anyone really impress you? Maybe you had players. What about from the Asian side too? I saw some questions here about that there's some <coughs> how do you feel like they overall play actually like when one one person who I played with only a little but when I played I was like damn this guy Elton Sang mm-hmm. um, I mean he sits down with me the first time me and him both have chips and this guy just relentlessly starts three betting me every hand and the thing is that hasn't happened in a while where like I can remember a few of my career where someone will just like go after me relentlessly like three betting but I was just like wow like yeah yeah, I mean probably way more than whatever the whole range is he's probably getting back to the old school days and three betting me with eight six suited and stuff right and he he just went for it against you yeah yeah he's just like (laughs) respect like nice that's that's the thing just like respect for people who just like make aggressive moves like Look at why Kin like won another title like mm-hmm. this week, like almost won a second title this he week. Was all in I think that's his way. third Triton trophy. Like he beat me heads up in one in Manila where that was his second trophy. I'm pretty sure the one year was his third and he had a chance for his fourth. Well, he, dude, he won the 100K main event. And got second in the second short deck. One and then also strong. Paul like got heads up with yeah. like, like that's strong also. Like yeah. got heads up, was making also Paul is deep in a lot of the tournaments too, yeah. always winding up like at the end yeah, you got a second and fourth in the mains it's pretty sweet anyway it's all about like improving so the thing is a lot of the people who play the tritons especially on the asian side they're not really used to playing poker on the highest level they're used to playing against a bunch of other vips also so even if you're going to improve and get better it's still going to be a learning curve of understanding how people think right and playing against the best as opposed to playing versus a bunch of vips because completely different absolutely which at the same time was why like I love this tournament for me because I just think that I'm if you put both together like pro and VIP I just think I'm the clear best of like playing versus like both like uh, sets maybe someone's better just playing against VIPs than me maybe somebody's better just playing pros than me the hybrid okay like sure but when you put it together I really just love myself and I mean every time if they run this tournament again next year I'm gonna post the same thing like whoever wants to bet against me like actions open who, who, what, what's your perfect high roller tournament this was a million pound perfect big. what's what's perfect. Is this the right number million, oh, million pound no re-entry like dream just a maybe out. like or like 500k re-entry or like 300k re-entry or like 1 million freeze out like perfect that's, yeah. I, I think that's perfect buy-in and uh, someone's asking here about balance. We've talked about this. You do you do step away. You don't just play every event, every series. You really sit back. You'll take time, travel, do what's important. So yeah, enjoy kinda, myself. Go eat at nice places. Just like breathe. Go into like the mountains. Like go for a swim. Like walk around. I try. I mean, I haven't been so good at it recently, but I try to even put my phone down like one day a week and just do like a no fo- no electronic Saturday, which. I've been a bit busy, but I'm going to try to get back into that a bit. No electronic Saturday? Yeah. I've heard of Taco Tuesday now, right? But I've never heard of a... Of yeah, a, mine's a no, no electronic, electronic Saturday. That's a, that's a, that's a wild... Uh, that's interesting. Just choose a day and just totally... just. just yeah, I mean, I loved it. The few days I did it, just like hang out on the beach, like not be bothered by like any distractions. Like, I mean, perfect. To be honest, like one of these... this day, One of those days was one of the best days of my life even. That's awesome. Have you done any, what about meditating, yoga, workout routines? Do you have any pre like? Do you like to try to go to the gym when you're playing? 
Do you no, I can't. I just, I like to... The thing is, I just can't really get myself to because you have to wake up early-ish. I want to, like, just be relaxed. The whole thing for me is to be relaxed. Mm -hmm. So, like, my type of relax isn't, like, running around and getting myself all worked up. I feel like running around and getting yourself worked up, that gets you, like, too, like, ready for the mm -hmm. thing. Like, me, I want to more, like, just sit back, like, Maybe breathe a, a little bit, have a coffee, yeah. a J, like, drink some water, like, eat some good food, and then, like, go play when you're feeling like it. That, what's the latest of register turnout? What, what do you feel is... I uh, guess last minute. That's You would fire, like, your game, yeah. so you don't mind coming late at all. Nah, no, no, no. I'm, I, I, I'm even for, like, that you should be able to buy in for, like, 10 bigs in any tournament. Why not? Gets the prize for a little juicier and it's a high risk. Yeah, if people want, yeah, exactly. If people want to come in for ten blinds when they have like no room and they got to win two all ins in a row, even to like be in the tournament. Okay, sure, like no problem, go yeah, for it. I think that is it's a probably overall it evens out, right? It's good for the tournament, yeah. but if you get a good player gets late, <coughs> maybe it's 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 dangerous. Well, you could cap like the re-entries also, and like let people buy into a certain amount because some people might just want to buy in their first bullet like super late. A lot of like businessmen. The thing is. That's why they love like the one or two day tournaments. Like anything more than three, that's a lot for someone who's yeah, super successful right. to like, like commit to. Max. No one yeah, three's the max. Bill, Bill, and if it's, it has to be a huge tournament yeah. for them to do like three. Bill literally looked at it when he was leaving. He was like, how long is this trade main event? And he was like thinking it happening. And it's like, all right, you know, just if he wants like Yeah, yeah. Events. If it was more than three, it, for sure he wouldn't have played, I think. Yeah. And then um, how long do you think it'll take for you to be deposed as an all-time money list winner? I think you did say you will, once you get the spot, you'll never be taken off. Obviously, in that's what's going to happen. And, and, well, and, yeah, and, like a, if this happen, tournament happens again, like there's there's a handful. Of it'll guys be hard. Yeah, it'll be hard though. Still, you just a handful of guys that'll like have to win it too. Right. Like while I didn't do it, because I mean, looking at like the list, like there aren't even many people with twenty mil that could catch me. Right. That's what are there three people that can catch me with twenty? Maybe four people or something. There's 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 a yeah not a lot. Even with like twenty mil, that's to say like yeah. I don't cash for anything too. Right. Like the thing is, I'm gonna play all the like biggest buy-ins. I'm going to max bullet however many it costs. Like these super high roller bowls, like the one in the Bahamas and the one in London, these are all like max re-entries. Yeah. Like the thing is, I mean, it's going to be hard for anyone to catch me because I'm just going to fire the highest stakes. And I mean, as people could see, like on the stream, I feel like my poker game is just like at top level right now. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. And here. like mindset also. For sure. We're getting a lot of questions that we've covered. We've covered a lot. We're going to have to let... Uh, I mean, honestly, the, 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 it's scary what I've seen on Instagram, the questions. There's a record. We can't – I don't know if we're going to get get over there. What's your – the favorite food? Give us that. Give us a couple of these easy ones. My favorite food goes between, like, Italian and Japanese food. Like, uh, I would say – if you're talking about, like, one meal, maybe – I don't know. It's close, actually, because I became such a big fan of Japanese now. Before, I would say for, like, one meal Italian. But now maybe for one – maybe it's Japanese and Italian now. Japanese. Any any recommendations here in London? Uh, no, there was a place in London. Uh, what was the name? Oh, it was called the Iraqi. But what happened was, is uh, like a good sushi chef from uh, Japan. His daughter came to graduate school here, so he decided to move to be closer to her mm -hmm. and open up a restaurant here, which became a two Michelin star restaurant. But she graduated, and he went back to Japan. So the thing is, actually, with sushi. The most important thing by far is the sushi chef, mm -hmm. by far. It's just how you cut the fish, like, is what it comes down to. 
If you're like a master, that's how you're gonna get the best what, fish. So Vegas, what's your favorite sushi spot? Kame, for sure, by far. I've been that one. Kabul, well, you have to go to Kame. Like a lot. I'll check oh, you'll like there. Kame more then. Really? Yeah. All right. Good to know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely go check out my boy Eric at Kame. Kame, K M E. Yeah, it's the best one for sure. All right, there you go. If you're in Vegas, check that out. Lowest point of your poker career uh, is it one of the times you went broke? What's one that stands out where you like? Uh, did you ever feel? I mean, this I, is like not for me. Like this no, is not really. It's not for me. But there were like two points. This one that I. I was talking about in London where I went to sleep with like thinking on a million and woke up like having negative like millions. There's another point I remember I was probably like negative four or 500k or something at the time like owing to my friends and it had been the longest time um, that I hadn't won. So I remember and I've always been very positive but I remember there was a, one night where I was saying to my ex-girlfriend uh, Anna Marquez like uh, I literally said like what if I never win again and like these words have never like came out of my mouth I've never like thought like that but the thing is like anyone can just like these can come into your mind no matter what it's just like all about just saying okay like let's just get rid of this like what came into our mind it doesn't do us any good to be here like let's just throw it out the window for sure. That's, yeah, that's powerful. Do you, so someone's asking, you often use intuition, which I mean, that's sort of what poker. I guess, yeah, you know, that's yeah. what poker, yeah, that's poker itself. Um, how many winning tournaments live? And those guys can always go to Hen and Mob. Um, yeah, with well, 100% folks, ask them about weed and smoking. You definitely, on Instagram, you know, we see here, and you do, you do your stories, you do a lot, of, this is a lot of winter photos and <laughs> stuff here, but there's uh, Instagram stories you always show us a glimpse into your In day. the stories. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hold on, we got something at the bottom here, look. Where? Let's go all the way to the bottom. Of the IGs? Yeah, of the IGs. There you go. Oh. Me, there's my number one fan right there. Wait, what do we got? Oh, that's the grandma? Yeah, that's that the grandma. Number one oh fan. Oh, goodness. Where is she? Oh, she's, that's amazing. What she's the best. Where is she? In New York? Yeah. Man. So this is like four years ago. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, a, that's something. That is quite a photo. So, I mean, the thing is, uh, like, smoking is different for different different people. Like, some people could never, like, smoke and play on a high level. Then for me, I just, I, I don't know. I just do what I think gets me into like the proper focus. So like for me, it just keeps me relaxed, just like in a very Zen mindset and kind of ready to battle. That, so, so, but you, is it, is it like in a, for you, is that like part of your routine almost every time or not? You don't have well, to. Like, no, like I don't have to because like there are spots in Asia where you can't really get it. I'm not like going to be stupid. If I'm in a country where you could go to jail for like smoking, like I, yeah, I don't really have any interest in smoking. That. You don't the one fortunate thing I have is I don't have like a, I'm not like hooked to it. I know other people who smoke like as much as I do and they can't like not smoke. They'll go to a place and they can't even eat if they don't have anything to smoke. Fortunately for me, I can go like in and out and be fine. What, what do you feel about this statement? People say each of the players in their one million pound had five to ten percent tops. Maybe get a little more when people say. It. I mean, generally, I feel that's like just like people, people hating, just anyway. hate, right? Like, oh, yeah, I'm people are right. hating anyway. It's not like people only had five or ten percent. There were also like sometimes where people could only maybe take maximum like whatever percent of themselves if they wanted to play the tournament. Right. Like the thing is you're offered like with the opportunity. It's not like you can say, oh, I want to have a hundred percent of yourself of myself. So it's like a stupid thing to say. If it was a tournament that anyone could play, then you could, uh, you could say, oh, these guys are soft for taking like small piece. But I feel like most of the pros even just like took whatever piece they could of themselves. Right. Maybe they swapped some with each other, but like they took whatever of themselves that they were able to. 
Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Um, that that's like sometimes it's like capped. Like guys like have to get in there. Maybe they have to give a piece to their the other guy or yeah. know, whatever. It's not even like or they have one. a staking deal or something. Yeah. So whatever they're getting, they're only getting half of that. Um, or maybe they sell to someone always. So even though they only have a small piece here, they still kind of got to break this guy off with a little bit because you sell he buys of every tournament. Right. There's always exactly. There's stuff you don't really know. Yeah. There's so many different things. things <laughs> uh, what's what. Is this Gladiator, the movie you watched over and over the rest of your life? That's the real you like? I guess so. That's my movie. That's what you go to. What's the most you've lost in a day, week, month that you've won or lost? Mm. Well, the, the tournaments we see. So how about lost in a day, like from playing, I don't know, cash game? Or Maybe like 400 or something, like four or 500. I remember like a day in Bobby's room where I feel like I lost like 400 or so, like playing in a game with like Kenny Tran, like Rick Solomon, like crazy game. Elky was in there. It's a wild, huge game, like straddling every hand, a huge Rick, amount. With Rick last I love Rick. He's, He's the best. Play. He makes the game big. Um, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, what Rick is a complete legend. Animal. Do you think the recreational players play better than some rags in the million? Does that happen on a given day? I guess someone brings it. Yeah, I mean, of course, because the thing is, people can be like on their A game and like other person could just not anyway. Or if you just make a big blunder also, this could just, this could be for your tournament. Where like someone's playing like more solid and doesn't make a blunder, and you do, yeah, right. Uh, what, okay, let's take. We'll take a couple more, and then we're gonna let Bryn. He really he does have. He's got you got a big day today, you know. Even though it's kind of fun, you got some you got stuff lined up. So we appreciate you taking exactly. the time. We'll do a couple more here, and then and get running. Uh, what are you gonna do with so much money? Do, do you have any? Is there any time of? Is there a type of house or thing you want to do it right now? You want your business stuff? Like, what's like, is there any particular that's changed a little bit? I and mean, it's obviously a massive score. Right? I kind of just don't want to like push anything, is the thing. I want to keep doing like things how I've been doing them. Right. Like, it's going very well just because I have like a lot, like a lot more money. Like, I don't want to make it change like anything about me or my life. So, to be honest, I don't really think it changes much. Like, I always treat myself well. The thing that changes maybe is I can. I could do like few more things like I could pay for my sister's law school I like I mean I paid for my sister's law school like can pay for like credit card bills of like family which I've done like many times before I can buy everyone a new car like yeah, yeah, I can just make a little it. extra splash action. Yeah, exactly. Also, you have your base set. You're not worried. You're not exactly. Not yeah, I'm not going to do anything stupid. Just like stay in like good mindset, good flow. What's I love the word flow, man. That's a you know that's a good yeah. word. That is the yeah word. yeah. I see. like that. What's the biggest um, non poker related bet you've ever made? Do you bet? Do you do any bets like friends, side bets? Fun I mean, I, I guess it was just like that weight loss bet that I made. That was for like, I mean, the biggest bets that I made, I guess, was in this tournament. Right. Does it say non poker related? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. so non poker related. I guess it was that weight loss bet that I had to lose. 65 pounds in four months and then keep it off for two months more. Did you win? Yeah, I won and they thought that there was no chance that I could win. Nice. But like, I just got to show that like you have the heart is the thing. Yes. Yeah, so like, I always bet on the man. On these I did it all natural. Like I didn't want to do anything unhealthy. Like I just ate super healthy and just spent three hours in the gym a day. That's I would get a massage like every other, I was pushing plates on the floor, doing cardio, <laughs> steam room, getting a massage every day. Just 
or like every other day massage just to literally beat the knots out of my like system so yeah don't, don't so like you. That's yeah saying. yeah that's the thing like if i'm like i'm just like here to play what what's uh okay what's up next talk about do you play mixed games yeah of course i have a bracelet in 10 game which is the only the only bracelet i have there you go so how old are you we know he's 32 almost 33 is poker still profitable of course that's uh yeah hard to argue with uh, awesome, good, appreciate it. Honest, honestly, someone's asking about well, trade and Joe. You you feel very strong. You just you love the brand. You love what they're. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, I love the people involved, like all around. Like she's really nice, like cool people. Like yeah, I love what they're doing all around. All right, we're gonna go to uh, we're gonna do a giveaway here. We're gonna give let Bryn select us, and then we will let him run along. Is there any other stuff you want to talk about? You got your, so Twitter, Instagram, you guys know it's Hen and Mob. You, we uh, mentioned you are, you got some projects in the works. You want to do business. You want to do some fun stuff. Is there any teasers or any genre of business that you're looking to go into uh, overall? I mean, to give back or what kind of stuff do you see? Well, like the give back more is like to be able to build a big business so that you can give back. Like that's the whole thing because you can only give back if you have. So it's more about like, trying to focus on uh, focus on like a few things like um kind of don't want to give any spoilers unfortunately i would like to but okay you so know when have... you're working on something hard right. like, or if at all like you don't really want to there's no point to like talk about it so much like you kind of like do it and then talk about it after right that's because like you don't want to be pre the thing is if you're preemptive on things like you put extra pressure on yourself that's true too. so if i tell everybody hey i'm gonna do like this and this and it's gonna be so big i just have like extra people in your added ear, pressure for no reason this, or I thought you were the thing that. is that's what i believe for sure like i'm gonna build something that's gonna be very very big but like i don't want to add the pressure on myself because i feel like if i do it gives me just like a component to think about that just shouldn't be there at all that makes a ton of sense. All right, we're gonna do we're gonna do one of these right now, and they'll do one later. We're gonna give away a fifty-five dollar ticket here. Bryn's gonna make the selection, and someone's gonna gonna win that. And then Bryn, we will have to. What when's it? So you're going to Barcelona, and then you're in Europe for a while, and then when are you back in the U.S.? Uh, I guess for like the Poker Master in the beginning of November, and then for like the Party Poker Bahamas in the middle of November. Okay, so I'll see you there. We I we I want to go to uh, I want to go to the sushi spot in. Um, what do you call it? Uh, what's the one in, in, how do you spell it? In Vegas. What's the place called? Oh, Kame. Kame. Well, we should, we'll go out next Yeah, you summer. have to where, go there. Where do you, where do you, where do you actually live? You are? Nowhere. You are, you are literally, you're officially on the run. Yeah, for like 10 years or so it's been, but I probably haven't spent more than like three months in a year in any city for the past 10 years. So you actually, like your physical manager, you have your home, parents' home, or your, your house. And you I've, I've kept you. like luggage in multiple places, like kind of all my life. So actually, so let me think right now where I have stuff. So actually I have stuff. Like units or storage I, places no, or friends or something. Yeah, yeah, like friends or girlfriends. Sometimes you like leave stuff there, you don't get it anymore, right. but like. <laughs> Yeah, what, give me like I left studies. stuff in like London and like Malaga that like I never got anymore. Like now, still I've got like stuff in London, Miami, New York, Vegas, Toronto, Amsterdam. Stuff, like what monitors? No, like suit, like suitcase, like at least clothes. like a suitcase or two suitcases, like 
Stuff, stuff. Okay. Some computers it's around. Nice some monitors. You travel yeah. light. You, you like leave it in the closet. You go to go see a bunch. Yeah, or just buy like some new stuff. Like yeah. I like to treat myself nice too. Buy right. yourself some new clothes if you need. It's nothing. You got to invest in yourself. Yeah, exactly. You got to treat yourself first, then you'll do Are your you best. Manicure, pedicure, guy, facial massages. You can decide <laughs> a lot. Facial you. massage. I like that. I don't. I haven't gotten too many facials in my life, but I'm down for them for sure. Keep it fresh. Like, like facial uh, or like pedicure, manicure. I think. I haven't done too much either, but at the same time, like I would never, I wouldn't really say no. Right. Like I'd be down to do it. You do the massage, I really think it relaxes you, and that's part of your routine. Yeah, nice. That's good. I, I, I agree with that. That's uh, even stretching too. Actually, a friend of mine who does like, so in Japan they have a, it's called Doctor Stretch. They have like stretching places never heard where of all that. they do is stretching. It's like, a, like yes. just to get your muscles loose. I actually have a friend. My friend's coming for, for a month in. Barcelona and London with me just to do like stretching. That's awesome. Like for me and my friends, like uh, I, I believe now. I have my trainer. Right. I have a friend coming too to be like my personal trainer in like Barcelona and London. If you can't spend like five, say ten minutes of you, where you can just take out your day to kind of relax and like loosen up, that was meditate or take a little time to sort of reflect. And, and I, it's just you're too busy. You got too much going on. You gotta, you gotta decompress. Yeah, you gotta to. have like a little view time. So For sure, that's important. All right, well, let's do this. Let's do this giveaway. We, the Instagram, I will. Uh, I think we'll get to that, guys. I, we have so. We said we can do a multiple podcast guests. Just tell me when we'll count this down. Someone is going to win fifty five, and then we'll do a second one later because we can only do one per day on per one. But tell me when someone's going fifty five ticket, Brent, on your on your watch here. Just tell me uh, when. Oh no! You ready? Boom! It is. Oh wow! This does like a random thing yeah, for you. This I mm. up to the universe. Just gonna. I got a couple tricks, man. The Twitch tricks and other nice. stuff. We got. Uh, we're gonna message here fifty five ticket, and um, I'm gonna make sure. Let me just do this. One. Oh look, a past winner too. He's got got good energy, man. He's on the grind. Yeah, it's uh, good. See, he's motivated. He's trying to get some tickets. Yes. 22 year old from Croatia I think it said he's, yeah, he's trying to come he's up in the, he's, in the, he's participating good luck to you yes there it is well Brent I am uh, very 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 much appreciative I know you got a busy day you got some action you're, you're involved you got things happening today so I appreciate sure. you taking on the time anytime really appreciate it Brent Kenny the legend right here number one all time money list follow him on Instagram Twitter all this stuff he'll be back on the show and we'll keep an eye on his next projects thanks brother cool thank you Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.